Welcome to The Little Sleep Show, a podcast about helping your children and family get the sleep you need. Hosted by Laura Meyercourt. Hello and welcome back to The Little Sleep Show. I'm your host, Laura. And I am an infant and child sleep consultant and I am also a certified lactation counselor. I added that credential on this January. So that's been something really cool that I've been able to kind of apply to my sleep work because I do work with a lot of new moms and I work with a lot of breastfeeding moms and the two really go hand in hand. So today's episode, I'm going to be talking about pacifiers. And it's kind of interesting to me that I've been able to create a whole episode on pacifiers because I wasn't sure when I started to dive into the topic if I was going to be able to, but there's actually a lot of really pertinent information about pacifiers and some of it's for parents who are just beginning to give pacifiers, so parents of newborns, and and some of it is for parents who have children who've had pacifiers now for one, two, three years, and they want to know what are some of the consequences, what are some of the risks of continuing to let my child use a pacifier at one, two, three years of age. So we're going to cover all of that today. And it's funny because at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the common myths or beliefs. And believe it or not, pacifiers are somewhat controversial. It's because there's the, the parenting perspective of pacifiers and the pediatrician perspective on pacifiers. And then there is the lactation counselor, lactation consultant, you know, anyone who's a breastfeeding advocate has a different view on pacifiers. And there is some research out there. So I'm going to help you get to the bottom of that controversy between those two worlds regarding pacifiers. I'll give you all the information that I found on it. So some of the myths Number one myth is that pacifiers are harmful to breastfeeding. You should not use them if you're breastfeeding. Number two myth is pacifiers cause ear infections. Another one is that they're full of germs. They can cause dental problems. And if the pacifier falls out when your baby's sleeping, you have to put it back in. So those are just some real common beliefs that are out there floating around and that I've heard working with parents. And when I was nannying, I had a lot of experience with a lot of these So we're going to cover all these in the episode today. I wanted to talk first about some of the benefits of pacifiers because there are quite a few. The number one benefit, and I think this is, the well, maybe not the most important, but it's definitely up there, is SIDS prevention. And I actually did not know this until I started researching this episode. The researchers aren't 100% sure how or why pacifiers help with SIDS prevention, but the American Association of Pediatrics published a study in 2005 that they still stand behind that concluded that there was a significant reduced risk of SIDS when pacifiers were used during sleep periods. So try to put your baby down with a pacifier as much as you possibly can. And there is a caveat to that. We're going to talk about when it's appropriate to begin using pacifiers, but that's a little bit later in this episode. So if you have a newborn, stay tuned because I'm going to talk about nursing babies and bottle-fed babies when it's appropriate to introduce a pacifier. So that's pretty incredible that a pacifier can help prevent SIDS. Second one, probably equally as important because this is huge for babies, is the sucking reflex. So babies under six, seven months of age, but particularly newborns, have a very strong drive to suck. And it's a survival instinct, right? But they also suck when they're not eating. And this is called non-nutritive sucking. So some of the benefits of this non-nutritive sucking, and they can do this at 
the breast. You know, this is also called comfort nursing. Or they can do it with a pacifier or your finger or their fingers. It's all the same. The benefits will be the same. So number one is it's relaxing and calming for your baby. When your baby sucks or your child is sucking on pacifier or finger um, or your breast, they're releasing, they're getting endorphins released in their brain. So endorphins are feel-good chemicals. And so it can become actually kind of a little bit addicting, which is why we see two, three, four-year-olds having such a hard time giving up their pacifier or their thumb. The thumb is really a tough one. So that explains why as they get older, it becomes harder because it is kind of a little addiction of those release of endorphins when they suck. It can help soothe your baby to sleep and it can be used as a tool to encourage self-soothing during sleep periods or even during wakeful periods. Although some parents prefer to limit pacifier use just to sleep. It's really a personal preference. It can lower your baby's heart rate, blood pressure, and stress levels. That's pretty cool. Helps with ear pressure on airplanes. So when you're taking off and landing and it also, the sucking reflex also has a pain relieving effect. So when your baby's getting a minor procedure like a a foot prick or a a vaccination, you can have them suck on a pacifier or you can have them comfort nurse or just nurse during that time. And it will actually release chemicals in their brain that'll help them with the pain. Pretty cool. Another really interesting thing, and we also learned this in my lactation counselor training, is that the sucking reflex can result in shorter hospital stays for preterm babies, preemies. Because it enhances the sucking reflex, which they need to strengthen sometimes in order to eat enough to gain weight. And it also can enhance their vital signs, their blood flow and oxygen levels. Super cool stuff. I wanted to put together kind of a little list of what every parent needs to know about pacifiers. I'll start with pacifiers and breastfeeding because it's an important topic and it's one that there's mixed messages about. You really kind of have to sort through a lot of articles in order to get to what the real medical research is and shows, because there's a lot of opinions out there. Some of the breastfeeding communities vary against pacifiers, and there's some reason behind that, which is that if a pacifier is introduced too soon to a baby who is breastfeeding, it can actually cause nipple confusion. It can fulfill that baby's need to suck, so they're not nursing as much, and they're not helping stimulate the milk supply. So that's a really important thing is that if you're in the hospital or at home and you have a brand new baby and you want to exclusively breastfeed or you want to really try breastfeeding as your your main source of feeding your baby, you don't want to introduce a pacifier right away. That's a big no-no because you really need your baby to suck as much as possible. You should be feeding 10 to 12 times a day to build that milk supply. So the pediatrician recommendation, the American Association of Pediatrics, recommendation for introducing a pacifier to a breastfeeding baby is between three to four weeks. Some breastfeeding advocates will say, wait until it's closer to six to eight weeks because there is that six-week growth spurt that babies experience and they'll be feeding a lot during that time. And the amount of sucking that they're doing during that time, the extra sucking from the feeding is going to help build your milk supply for your baby who's now getting bigger and needs more food. So you can see how it would be really important to try to wait till after that period is over in order to build up your milk supply to be enough for your baby. So I think, you know, in our counselor training, we learned so many reasons why moms give up on breastfeeding. This 
could be a hidden one, you know, that that you're giving your baby a pacifier, you think it's the right thing to do because it's soothing them, it's fulfilling that sucking need, but the sucking they should be doing is when they're breastfeeding and building your milk supply. So if you've got uh, struggling with milk supply and your baby's uh, having a pacifier, that might be something you want to try removing. Now, bottle-fed babies can have a pacifier anytime because it's not going to bother It's not going to confuse them because their bottle is already an artificial nipple. So it's not going to make that much of a difference unless your baby's excessively using the pacifier and not gaining weight. Then something you need to look at is that they're fulfilling the sucking need with the pacifier and they're not fulfilling it with the bottle, which they need for nutrition. Another thing to keep in mind with with a baby is not trying to hold your baby off from feeding with a pacifier. So baby's going to get very confused about that and frustrated and it's also gonna uh, fulfill some of that sucking need that they should be doing when they're breastfeeding you know with the pacifier and especially when your baby is a newborn they feed so often because they they're trying to help you build that supply so if you're giving them a pacifier you're actually harming the process the natural process of your baby helping you build your milk supply by nursing frequently So some studies suggest that the pacifier may cause a child to wean earlier because the sucking need is fulfilled. And like, you know, once they start solids, they won't be nursing as much. If they're using a pacifier for some of the other time, some of the rest of the time, they won't be wanting to fulfill that sucking need breastfeeding. So that's something to keep in mind if you want to continue to nurse your baby to a year or two years Maybe limit the pacifier to only times when baby is is sleeping or right before sleep. And then some things to keep in mind is avoid a pacifier if your baby's having nursing difficulties that you're working on, either by yourself or with a lactation counselor or lactation consultant. If your baby's underweight, so that means they may not be nursing enough, that could be one of the problems, that they could be sucking too much on the pacifier and not nursing enough. Or if you're experiencing supply issues, and we covered that, so I don't need to go into that any further. How long should you let your child use a pacifier? So there's some different schools of thought on this. I'm going to go through all of them. So the American Association of Pediatrics recommends pacifier use up to six months of age. So after this, they warn that the increased risk of developing ear infections can be a side effect of using the pacifier too much. So if you can dr- drastically reduce the use, like for instance, don't give it during the day or only give it when your child is very stressed or during sleep periods. Speech language pathologists recommend discontinuing use by 12 months of age. And some reasons behind that are your baby's having rapid development during, you know, years one, two, three. That's probably the most rapid development your child's going to experience in their whole life. So everything that's going on in their mouth, getting new teeth, just the shape of the mouth, the palate is still, you know, soft enough that it can be influenced by um, prolonged sucking. So prolonged sucking can actually create a raised or indented palate. So that can actually result in a speech disorder, which won't present until four or five years old. And that's not to scare you, but I'm just giving you the facts of what speech language pathologists want you to know about pacifiers. And that's not for every child, but if your child's sucking all day long on a pacifier or a thumb, it may be something worth thinking about, maybe reducing that down. And then sucking on a pacifier encourages 
an immature suck-swallow pattern that can result in possible feeding difficulties and articulation concerns, so some language concerns. The third school of thought is pediatric dentists. So pediatric dentists, mostly from what I found, I read a whole bunch of articles and the general consensus is discontinuing the use between two and three years of age. Because the constant sucking can cause teeth, gums, palate to develop atypically. So follow, of course, what your child's dentist is telling you. If they're telling you by two it should be gone, then that's what you should follow. I'm just giving you what my research showed, but you should definitely follow what your doctor or your dentist is telling you. They are the experts. I am just a person who's here gathering and delivering information to you. So there's a big difference there. A really important topic when it comes to pacifiers is cleaning your pacifier. And I got some help from fatherly.com on some of these tips, and some of them were gathered from other research or from my own experience. I've washed a lot of pacifiers in my day. When you get new pacifiers, you definitely want to sterilize them. Or if your baby's been sick for a while, you want to sterilize them. The little crevices on a pacifier can, can hide germs. And so boil some water and drop that pacifier in for five minutes and then put it aside to cool and make sure you cool it for a long period of time before you give it to your baby, particularly if you have those pacifiers that have like the clear kind of tube nipple that some water can get stuck in there because some hot water can actually get trapped in there and can burn your baby's mouth. So make sure you let them cool for hours or even overnight before you give those back to your baby. Daily care of pacifiers is washing with soap and hot water on a daily basis. Let them air dry. Or you can actually run them through the dishwasher if they're the silicone type, which is pretty cool because that's about as sterile as you can get. Those dish, I mean, my dishwasher washes for like almost three hours. So that's some sterile stuff in there. Never clean a pacifier with your own mouth. And I'm laughing because I cannot tell you how many times I've done this. I was a nanny for almost 20 years. And when you're on the go with a little one and that pacifier flies out of the stroller in front of you and there's no water in sight, what are you going to do? So I put it in my mouth and gave it to the little one. Now, I know better, so I would never do that again because you can actually pass viruses, including herpes, to your baby. Or you can also, and I just learned this today, you can actually pass bacteria that can cause cavities. How crazy is that? So in a pinch, you can just use water, any kind of water, warm water is best, but any water will do. Or you can actually use breast milk. Cool trick. And of course, be sure to get rid of any worn or torn pacifiers because those are choking hazards. So just throw those ones away. It doesn't matter how much your child loves it, throw it in the garbage. Just like with your child's favorite lovey, I definitely recommend keeping several of the same exact pacifiers on hand because kids know the difference. Even if it's a pink one and you're giving them a purple one and you think they don't know, you'd be surprised what's gotten rejected by the children that I've taken care of. They're almost identical, but not identical. The child does not want it. So make sure you get some duplicates when your child finds their favorite ones. So finally, I'm gonna talk about weaning. When you and your co-parent or your partner or your spouse have decided, okay, for this reason, it's time for our child to start giving up their pacifier or limiting the pacifier use. What I always tell parents, when you're making any changes, is to talk with your child. Even if they're one year old, you still want to talk to them because 
at that age, they can begin to understand what you're talking about. Now, they might not grasp the concept of my parents are asking me to give up this thing that's so comforting to me. So at least they don't feel completely blindsided when you start to either limit or wean or take the pacifiers away from them at certain times. I recommend starting and talking to your child about this, of course, start by limiting use to only sleep time. So you could make a rule, for instance, pacifiers don't leave the bedroom or pacifiers don't leave your crib or your bed. That's a really easy way to limit it. Like I'll give you an example is with Lovey's, a family I worked for, the little boy, he loved like pajamas and any kind of soft material. So he would literally drag around onesies, like onesie long pajamas all day long. And so early on, I made the rule that these don't leave the house. We never bring them out of the house. When you set that rule when they're young, it's very easy to continue to follow that rule. It's just like, nope, this is what we do. Sorry. And if it's been that rule for your child's whole life or as long as they can remember, it's much easier to enforce then if you're starting that at age two or three. So something just to keep in mind, something that's worked really well for me in the past is just have a rule and follow that rule to the letter. When you're ready to give it up completely, you can try something called the pacifier fairy. And I know there's a book about the pacifier fairy. There might even be a couple of them. But I have some easy steps and I'm going to give you one. I think there's a difference in what I'm going to tell you and what the pacifier fairy tells you. So you want to start by having a conversation with your child. And this, you know, how the conversation goes definitely depends on your child's age. Of course, it's easier to explain the concept of a pacifier fairy when they're three years old versus a year and a half old. So it might help to have a book or to draw a little picture of what you think the pacifier fairy might look like. So once your child understands kind of what the pacifier fairy is or who she is or who he is, then you can collaborate with your child and write a letter or draw a picture to the pacifier fairy. You can let your child dictate it to you. Maybe you, you start the beginning off and then let them do the rest and let the pacifier fairy know what day to come and get the pacifiers and then what your child wants them to leave in return. So that's important is that they're trading these pacifiers for something else that they really want. And you can get really creative with this. I've seen people online that, you know, when the pacifier fairy comes to take the pacifiers, they they have um, hearts all over the place or they sprinkle confetti or some kind of glitter so it looks like fairy dust. So you can get really fun with it. Then once you decide what day and you let the pacifier fairy know what day it is that they're coming, then you create a little calendar and cross the days off so that your child knows what's coming. And your child may get upset about it and that's okay. They're, you know, it's a little bit of grief for them because this is something that's brought them a lot of comfort. And now in a way we're kind of forcing them to find it within themselves to self-soothe. So this is a big deal for a child. So don't be surprised if you get some pushback or some tears, even if initially your child says it's okay. And just be with them, hold them, let them go through what they need to go through and process what they need to process so that they don't stuff it down. On the day of or the night of the pacifier fairy coming, have your child put the pacifiers in an envelope and you can even write a little note Again, to the, to the fairy, you can have your child decorate the envelope. You can have your child um, draw a picture for the pacifier fairy and put it in whatever special place you decide with your child, whether it's some people put it in a cabinet, some people actually put it in their mailbox and then the, the special treat comes in the mailbox the next day or later on in the day. 
So then you switch the pacifiers out for a treat, whatever treat your child has requested. One thing I'm going to tell you, and I think I haven't read the pacifier fairy book, but I heard it mentioned quite a bit when I was looking into this, is that you don't want to say the pacifiers are going to other babies or for other kids. And that pretty much goes with anything that you're going to be passing on. Sometimes even like a crib. (laughs) When you're saying this crib, we need this crib because it's for the new baby. Oh my gosh, that can cause your child to protest so much more than if you just took the crib out of the room and, you know, set it up in the baby's room and didn't say anything to your child. So it's the same thing here. Your child is losing something that they love and something that's brought them comfort for months or years. I mean, if that was me, I wouldn't want someone else using whatever that was. I really recommend not saying that the pacifiers are going to other babies. Just say that the pacifier fairy needs them for something or she turns them into something else. You know, this is a chance for you to get really creative and have some fun with the story. And the whole process of this can be really fun. Of course, depending on how old your child is, you know, probably a child who's two and older, this would work with. Younger than that, eh, I don't know. Probably not. At that age, you probably just want to have a conversation with your child and then maybe set the rule about pacifiers only being used in the bed. And then maybe if you want to wean down further, maybe pacifiers are only during nighttime sleep, etc. This pacifier fairy concept will probably only work with kids who are about two and older because little ones, they're not going to really understand what the heck you're talking about. And you could do it just to have fun with the whole process if you're into that. But, you know, if not, then just try gradually weaning and definitely have the conversation with your child and really set the boundary and stick with it. That's what's really important. If you've learned one thing from my podcast, I would say I hope that you've learned that consistency is the most important thing when you're trying to develop any kind of good habit, whether it's sleeping whether it's eating, whether it's pacifier use, just be consistent and then your child will feel safe and secure because they know what the limits are. I want to let you guys know that the Little Sleep Show is actually going to be going on summer vacation. So next week, episode 25 is actually going to be the last episode for this season. And then I'm going to take a break and enjoy some time with my family and especially get lots and lots of good ideas for next season. So I'm planning on coming back in September with a whole new season, new interviews, new shows, getting more in-depth into topics. And I would love to hear from you guys what you'd like to hear about next season, anything I haven't covered. And that goes for parenting, sleep. I can use my lactation counselor training to talk about anything breastfeeding related, whatever you want to hear about, just Drop me a comment on my um, Instagram at Nest Family Sleep or at Little Sleep Show. You can also drop a, a comment onto Facebook or you can also email me at nestfamilysleep at gmail.com. So I would love, love, love to hear from you guys about something you've learned that works. If you need some help with something I've talked about or if you have ideas for a future show that you'd like to hear next season. All right, that's my show. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Take care of yourselves and each other. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. We'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for tips on sleep and a whole lot more. See you next week.